Hello, everybody. Welcome to our first season and episode of the High Altitude Podcast. I'm sitting here with my co-host, Tony Zucchero. Tony, say hi. Hello. And this season and episode will be sponsored by the Women's Olympic Committee. I would like to thank the Women's Olympic Committee for their generous donation to allow us to have this podcast here today with you guys. So for our first episode, we'll be talking about competitive skiing and the competitive scene going through some things as experiences, as me and Tony are both very experienced competitive skiers here in the Midwest. Also, the branding issues going on right now, and then the controversy of Elizabeth Sweeney, an Olympic female athlete, if you want to call her an athlete. We'll get more on that in a little bit. But Tony, please break down what happened at the big air competition at the season finale at Sundown Mountain. So I was having a good time at Sundown Mountain, and... Uh, for my final, for my first couple of runs, I'd waist down a 360 with a sweet safety grab. Now to break that down for our viewers, a 360 is one full rotation and a safety grab is actually where you grab the side of your ski with the same hand on the same side. Please continue. And getting down to my last run, I realized... I kind of want to go for something I haven't really done on a jump that of that size. And so I go for a 540 with a, another safety grab. And I land a little uh, backseat switch, so I'm leaning towards the ground. I land it, and then at the end, I kind of fall over. So partial credit would be taken away from the judges for the mislanding at the end, but it was still a completed run and jump and before on my 360s, so it was very complete. My competitors, the best tricks they have done were uh, 360, a tail grab, and a safety grab. So then what happened when the placing came back? So I was pretty excited because I thought I would get first, but they were reading, and third place went to, I will not name him, let's call him... Jerry. Jerry. Jerry, yes. Who did a 360, got third, great place, good positioning, agree with it. Second place... They give it to me. And I was a little bit confused because who are they going to give it to? But then I heard the first place and they gave it to, let's call him Sam. Sam, all he did was a safety grab and a tail grab, but they gave it to him purely because of his age and because he was younger than the rest of the competitors. Which isn't how you should be judging, certainly. And there was a lot of confusion between people and how they were scoring. And we confronted the judges, and they said he progressed the most throughout, which I and a lot of people highly disagree because it should be who lands and performs to the best of their ability, not who does their best and excels the most. 
Yeah, going a little bit into deeper than this, especially in the younger competitive scene, like in your age group, which was the under-13s, right? Correct. Yeah, they go a lot less out of skill, tech, technicality, and how hard the trick was, and more based off of who improved the most, which I disagree with a lot, like a lot of other people were, looking at that competition. And a, a couple other competitions that went down at Sundown Mountain, we're going to name them because they've actually done a couple things like this. And their competitions are very skewed based off of the way the results come back in, based off just progression and not technicality. Moving on then to our next topic, we're going to talk about the ski branding issues going on right now, which is pretty much the vocal takeover. Now, for many of our viewers who don't know what that is, Vocal is a ski brand, and almost 80% of all competitive skiers ride Vocal, unlike other brands, and a lot of smaller brands are being taken over because a lot of the kids are watching TV like X Games and other competitions, seeing these riders ride Vocals, which is ruining the game for the younger, well, for the smaller companies. So what is your take on the ski branding issues going on? See, I agree with how some of the market could be taken over, but not that much, not that greatly mm -hmm. compared to the size of other brands that are a part because most brands that are good ski brands aren't even a part and they're using this big brand to target the younger generation to get them the sponsors by Vocal. Also, another brand is Dabliabo Boots, mm -hmm. which is a ski boot brand, and Marker Bindings. Yep. They have taken over the market 100%, almost 100%, where you don't even see other brands and other smaller companies, and then they have to lose credibility because all these little ski kids want to ride what Nick Gepper is riding. Yeah. Or Burke Rude. Yeah. To kind of add on that, someone who we both ride marker and full tilts to throw another name out there. I mean, everybody at our mountain rides that. Also, we also ride off-brand skis. I mean, if you want to call them off-brand, because that's what they become now. You ride J-skis, I ride on 3Ps. I'm the only one with those at our mountain, and you're one in three, too. They've just yeah. slowly become obsolete. And as I was trying to buy those skis, my parents are asking me, what is this company, you know? Because they've slowly began to untrust smaller companies because of these big company takeovers. And another thing is then these little brands aren't getting the credibility as they deserve with their quality, their people who ride them, and how their skier own brands. Vocal, a big company, has other is in other sports too. It's in biking, it has a lot of clothing and winter wear but it's more, it's not just focused on skiing. As Jay Skis, it is uh, the inventor of Jay Skis uh, is Jason Leventhal, who created the free ski, and he ha owns this little tiny brand that is popular, but it's just so obsolete compared to these bigger brands like Armada and Vocal and atomic in line yeah. and a lot of these ski brands like the bigger ones are being mass produced in china and everything like yeah. these smaller ski brands are being handmade in america like i know on 3p is made in uh oregon and then uh vishnu is made in chicago right they moved they moved yeah to park city to park city J skis is made straight from canadian maple mm -hmm. from 
Canada that is straight across the other side of their city, which they're making in, and they're getting it from local brands. And from both of our perspectives, these are the most durable skis that we have ever ridden. Line skis, their top sheets break like glass. Mm -hmm. They will shatter easy to the littlest things ever. I mean, you're seeing all these mass-produced skis. Their edges are cracking. Their top sheets are being torn off. I mean, looking at these handmade skis, they're being you know produced by hand in a small factory by not that many people. They're durable. I mean, you see the reviews on these skis. They're 10 times better than the mass-produced ones. But parents like seeing, you know, big companies. And that's a big issue with skiing, I feel like, right now. And then, also, parents want to uh, buy from their local ski retailer, which only has the bigger brands. Like, Armada, Vocal, all the other ones. When J-Skis is... And on 3P and all the other ones are just as high quality and better. I asked Andy Perry when he was here for Tell a Friend Who Wore Week 5. And I asked him about the his top sheet. And he said that they try to fix it every single year, but they just can't find the way. Yeah. Now I'm going to end this episode on a high note, but a low note for the woman skiing. <laughs> Elizabeth Sweeney, who is... An Olympic athlete, as we said before, if that's what you want to call her. She was a female who is from America. She tried to run for governor, I think, in California when she was younger. She then said she was half Hungarian, goes to Hungary, starts going to all the qualifiers and everything for women's half pipe, super pipe. There's not that many contenders in them, so she gets the points for placement, qualifies for the Olympics does her run, and just goes up the sides of the wall. How did this hurt the woman's reputation, do you think? Because women's skiing has been progressing so much, but it's very far behind men's, but it's catching up there. The first double flips in Superpipe have just been done this year. Mm -hmm. But this is kind of just, this was kind of showing how that maybe they aren't as good as men's, and then people won't want to watch them if that's what they're just going to be all this time mm -hmm. well guys we'll check back in with you on our next episode we'll be discussing slush cup and real skis two other types of competitions that we could see being in the future one last shout out to our sponsor the woman's olympic committee we'll see you guys in the next episode Do you feel the light